20 yards out! That is a jewel from Tim Cahill has done it again! What a goal by Tim Cahill! Thompson! Five goals to Archie! Swing out, Patinka's head out from Rob Melbourne! Another league champion, Dark Lewis Albert! On 11.16 SEN, the Four Diego's. Good evening, amigos, and welcome to the Four Diego's final whistle here on 11.16 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. And uh, excited to be here on a Monday night before the Melbourne Cup and uh, after uh, an enthralling call, well, call definitely by the SEN call team, Ed White, Clint Bolton and JP Howcroft. We talked to them uh, in the pre-match uh, Pre-match show and uh, another great call, of course. And uh, but Melbourne victory defeated uh, Wellington Phoenix three 0 Barisha scored twice. There was an own goal as well for uh, victory, and it just came off uh, Durante. Uh, that kind of goal will never happen again, I think. At Etihad Stadium in front of twenty four thousand nine hundred and thirty four. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you. Uh, Warren Diego, you're in tonight. Good to see you. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Really looking forward to the next two hours. Actually, just. Very excited to to listen to victory fans as they drive home. You know, they'll be able to go to bed a bit later than normal because it's Melbourne Cup Day. Wake up feeling great tomorrow morning. Really looking forward to hearing all our victory callers tell us why they're so good because... You'd love to bottle it, bottle it, and take it somewhere else, which I'm not going to say where. Yeah, Latrobe University, you think? Ah, <laughs> uh, maybe. Yes, uh, Carlos Alberto, uh, welcome to you again. Good evening, Rodrigo, and I'm really proud of you because in the in the in the break, commercial break, you let. Warren have it. <laughs> oh, I don't know. This whole thing about him not wanting to come in because well, he's a Melbourne City fan, not wanting to listen to the Melbourne Victory fans, just applaud their team, you know, treasure their performance tonight, and move on. Well, our listeners deserve a committed Four Diego's, Absolutely. even though there's only three yeah, of them. Only three of them, yeah. yeah but, they <laughs> but the other one's on his deathbed. That's right. He, okay, he, Vinny's on his deathbed um, tonight. Rodrigo, with all due respect, please. I haven't really been totally committed since we did the first pre-record <laughs> back <laughs> in about 1988. That's true, but uh, you're just getting a bit too uh, honest. No, no, anyway. No, no, I'm no, really, well, no, I'm good. into the yeah. game. It was a good game tonight. Good. It was really easy on the eye, good to watch, really attacking football, and um. I've got a, a couple of insights that I might offer oh, in terms well, of victory and why they're so good. Also, what you think is Kevin Musket's body language. Yeah, I do. I, so. I do want to also talk about Kevin Musket because, and I actually want to say something positive about Kevin Musket, but we'll get on to that as well because we've got callers we have piling got callers. up. And, and the hotline, Rodrigo, is? The Who Do You Love hotline tonight. Uh, victory supporters, give us a call, 94291116. We're here tonight for you. Be the fourth, Diego, because this is all about you. You know, you, you needed that win. Melbourne yep. Victory needed that win tonight because uh, it keeps them in touch with the leaders. They go into the FFA Cup final on Saturday night against Perth Glory. Are they cock-a-hoop? They're cock-a-hoop, Carlos <laughs> Alberta. They're, they're, like you said, the scarves are hanging out ah. the car. Um, they're having a drink tonight. Obviously not driving, but no. uh, tooting horns and, and just... just Smiling, you know. yep. and apparently the crowd tonight was just lovely. And we'll talk to some of our callers. Are they those Ligon Street horns? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they have to be. Yeah. No, no. Look, nine four two nine eleven sixteen. It is the Who Do You Love hotline. And Tony from Heidelberg opens it up for us tonight. Wants to talk about the main man for the uh, Melbourne victory. Tony, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. No, ah, welcome. Who do you want to? You want to talk about the uh, Bessart Barisha? Oh yeah, he had a. Um he had a great game. Um, so did a lot of the, a lot of the boys today, um, getting ready for Saturday. But you know, I'm just so proud of the boys. You know, it makes me so happy. I think I'm going to lay an egg. 
Oh, right. I thought he was going to cry. Yeah. But I suppose laying an egg, would you know, you would cry. Thanks for your call, Tony, and uh, thanks for hanging around <laughs> for that. Um, that, that. Seriously, he's waited for 15 minutes. He's not going to get those 15 minutes back either, no. just very quietly. That was a highlight of our talkback, yeah. by the way. Well, let's go to Nick on uh, the Who Do You Love hotline. Nick, welcome to the show. You want to talk about uh, the crowd tonight? Yeah, thanks for that. Uh, yeah, I'm just driving home with the kids in the car on the loudspeaker, but... Uh, Really good product that the A-League's putting on the show tonight. Um, it was, uh, yeah, really crisp soccer. I'm not a massive soccer head or anything like that, but uh, really good family-friendly atmosphere, and the kids uh, really enjoyed it. So kudos to the victory and the A-League in general. Now, Nick, uh, with the crowd tonight, I was really impressed that, uh, okay, it is a, it is a, a holiday tomorrow. It's a, it's a public holiday with the Melbourne Cup. But people, you know, often take the, the long weekend off and, uh, and go off somewhere. And uh, probably the last thing on their mind is to go and attend uh, an A-League game. But Melbourne victory seems like uh, this fixture, or I'm not sure whether it's against Wellington Fix, uh, Phoenix in the long run, because we don't know well, whether might, they're going to be around, might, but, might be but certainly this fixture, the, the pre-Melbourne Cup fixture, seems to be a winner. Do you, do you uh, turn up to it every year, do you, Nick? No, we're just slowly getting into the soccer, and it's uh, probably because the kids are getting into it. So uh, we're finding, finding ourselves getting to the soccer more and more now, but... Um, Yes, yeah, so getting memberships and all that sort of stuff. But uh, it's, a, it's a pretty easy event to go to, considering there's nothing on tomorrow and anything like that. And the, uh, yeah, the atmosphere was pretty good tonight, actually. Yeah, Nick, I'd have to agree. I'd take my kids across the other side of the city to watch mm-hmm. Melbourne City. But have you been to, um, to games at the Rectangular Stadium at Amy Park? Oh, I've been to the one game at, uh, at Amy. Um, and, um, yeah, I much prefer watching it there because, you know, you're much closer to the to the game, but uh, it's still pretty good at Etihad as well. So, Nick, you say you're, you're new to the game, did you say? I've always sort of watched it, but I grew up as a big AFL fan, so whenever I'd go, that was always what I was going to. But the kids have all turned towards soccer, and, uh, and so now that sort of seems to be the driver, really. So, uh, I mean, they still love the AFL, but uh, obviously uh, football's a bigger part of the family now. Oh, absolutely. They can't they can't sit through a game of AFL, but they can definitely sit through a game of soccer. Excellent, Nick. Hey, really appreciate it. I'm glad you had a, a, a good night with you, uh, the family. Uh, it really, watching it on TV, it looked like yeah. a, a really uh, good game to be at. So uh, thanks for calling and uh, keep listening to the Four Diegos because uh, we have been around for a little while and uh, <laughs> hopefully we, we can help connect you to the game as well. Thanks, Nick. Really appreciate that. The actual, when they bring those chairs in, mm-hmm. the, the stadium looks so much better. It does, doesn't it? You know the reason why they did it tonight? They had no grass because they'd laid a um, speedway track. They had speedway, oh, you okay. know, um, on two weekends ago. So, yep. you know, the, the corners of the pitch that yeah. were a bit darker, that was newly laid because of the speedway. I so it was I th- artistic. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, thought, I think that they bought the seats in deliberately because it probably took away from the aesthetics of what they would have seen because oh, okay. they had the track going around. But... But look, look, it looks fantastic. I know if you're at the stadium, there's still those gaps in the corner which aren't, don't look all that good. But when you've got the TV cameras in the right spot and you've got the right sort of, uh, you know, panning in, mm. uh, it actually looks like a, a real football pitch. It does, doesn't it? So yeah, it looks fantastic. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. It is the Who Do You Love hotline. And uh, Nathan from Mill Park uh, wants to have a chat to the Diegos and talk about uh, Bessart Barisha. Nathan, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, boys. Yeah, no. Hey, mate, did you did you go to the game? Um, yep, went to the game. Yeah, you want to talk about the main man, Bessart Barisha. What do you think about him? Yes, I think he's a fantastic player. Um, never gives up. He always chases the ball 
wears his heart on his sleeve and just he's a great player, yeah. And Nathan, do you play the game yourself? Um, yes, I do. And then what do you take? Uh, are you a striker? Are you one of these uh, selfish strikers that uh, <laughs> doesn't pass the ball uh, a la Barisha? <laughs> no, nah, um, I'm a bit of a team man Good. myself, but uh, sometimes I can hog it, but uh, I'm not like Barisha, stuff up in front of goal sometimes. <laughs> and Nathan, who else in the victory team? Because strikers are only as good as, you know, the players that support them. And you'd have to say that... Uh, He's got a fair group around him, hasn't he, in Barbarousas and Finkler and Ben Kalfalar, who are the major suppliers. Who do you like out of those guys? Well, I love Costa, Barbarousas. Um, yeah, I just love his pace down the wing. Um, he's just as as good as uh, Barisha. Um, he's very, like, very fast. Um, his ball's inside the box. Uh, very good, too. Uh, he's his goal tonight, uh, it was actually an own goal, though. But, uh, yeah, he'll, he'll he be claiming set that it. up pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Well, Nathan, look, it's a great description uh, of your favourite players there, mate. What's your local club that you play for? Um, Hume City. You're a Hume hey. City boy. So you uh, were inspired during the week with their FFA Cup, uh, you know, performance too. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty good, yeah. You've had a good week, mate. Well, thanks very much for joining us tonight, Nathan. No worries. Thanks, boys. Good on you, future Diego, probably there, Carlos Nathan from Mill Park. Uh, but the, the kiddies have got a lot to look forward to now. They've got victory. They if, they, if they barrack for victory, even if they barrack for City, uh, Fauna Riley at the moment is, is fantastic. Moy's fantastic. I mean, there's some players that they really can model their game on. And they've got their own clubs, Hume City, up against, you know, the, the behemoth that is yep. Melbourne Victory. So I think the kiddies now have got more to watch with the English Premier League and the Italian City R and the Bundesliga uh, than we ever had. So uh, I think if they can't get inspired by that stuff, they'll never be inspired. Absolutely. 942-911-16. We're taking your calls tonight. The Who Do You Love hotline. It was a magnificent win by Melbourne Victory, 3-0 over Wellington Phoenix. Uh, Mark from Croydon wants to have a chat. Uh, came from a long way to, from Shepparton, Mark, and uh, decided to go and watch the game. Welcome to the show, Mark. G'day, boys. Thanks for that. Yeah, we go every year. We Every year we go away with a group of families, you know, just to Caravan Park, whatever. Like, usually it's about an hour or two hours away. This year it's Shepparton. It's about two, two and a half hours by the time we get out of the parking lot. So we'll be <laughs> home about midnight. Yeah. But, uh, well worth it. Well worth it. Great game tonight. The boys really put it on. They showed it. Attacking football, always going forward. Always looking to score that. I thought it was going to be 4 nil or 5 nil in the end, you know. Or 5-1. I thought Wellington might pinch one, but... A very good game. Well worth it tonight. Now, Mark, in terms of comparing the victory at this stage of the season, maybe compared to their title-winning season last season, if you think about it, they've replaced a Socceroo with a Socceroo, Milligan out for uh, for Oli Bazanich, and they've probably upgraded goalkeeping in terms of Danny Vukovic. Do you get a sense that they can... Do the repeat that that they can make, and I'd be interested in knowing not only can they repeat. How do you reckon they're going to go in the Asian Champions League? Because that's the ne- that's the holy grail, really. That's the thing that they've really got to focus on to complete, you know, what they're trying to achieve. That's the hard thing. How they're going to do that this year? Playing both competitions, travelling halfway around the world, really, like in Asia, and you travel south and kilometres again, come back and back up again a couple of days later and play a league match. It's going to be pretty tough. But you're right, Socceroo for Socceroo, but I think that Milligan had a big steal about him than Zanich. Zanich good, but I, I, I like Milligan more. I just thought he was more, um, more 
more defensive minded, but he was just that little bit stronger, you know, like gave him that little bit more uh, strength in the midfield than I think Pazanich does. I, I like Pazanich, but I think Milligan to him, I think there's a little bit of a loss. Oh, look, I honestly believe, Mark, that uh, Bazanich you'll see the best of him probably uh, beyond halfway through the season. I think he's one of these guys that uh, had his injury problems in Switzerland, was out of the game for a bit, out of favour a little bit. So he came late into pre-season, but uh, he's a young guy who I just love his work rate, love his seriousness with the way he goes about it. And once he really starts linking up with the likes of Finkler and uh, and uh, also Valeri and uh, really starts to read those runs by Barisha and Ben Kalfalar and, and Barbarisis. I think you'll see the best of the kiddies. I'm a really big rep for Bazanich. Um, about the Asian Champions League, I mean, it's no accident that every opportunity Kevin Musket has to play Mahazi in place of uh, Valeri, to play um, Deng. Uh, Deng, uh, you brought him on. To just every area. I mean, this is the thing about Kevin Musket. He's been around the block so much that he knows that every minute. He can give these guys in front of big crowds uh, in, in games against good players. Uh, and we're talking about the Galloways, the Guerriers, the uh, Mahazi, um, even put on George Howard yep. uh, in place of Barisha today. Every opportunity, when he can do it, he plays them. And he's he through Deng in. I mean, talk about throwing him in, in, in the pit, the, the mm. fire pit in the derby as an 18-year-old. I mean, this kid six months ago was playing for Green Gully. You know, in in the in the Premier League, so um, uh, fantastic uh, the way he does that, and I think he's got an eye for the future. And he's got Nick Ansell coming back, another kid that he almost um, gave all uh, a fantastic uh, grounding in the Asian Champions League. So I, I'm not really concerned so much about that, Mark. I think they've been fantastic uh, in that respect. Yeah, thanks to to Mark from Croydon, and you'll enjoy your time in Shep. It's a beautiful part of the world. I love their football in Shep too. They by the way. always had good quality football in Shep. Vinny Lee, Lee is a yeah, Shep boy, yep. and uh, there's a number of other boys in their leagues in Shep at different times have been very, very good. Yeah, a lot of the, the, uh, Melbourne boys go up there and play. Grew up just up the road, so mm. no Shepherd and quite well. But it is interesting because I agree with with you, Carlos, I'm trying hard not to, but I think if you look at Western Sydney Wanderers and their trek through the Asian Champions League, it was bringing in role players. It was bringing mm. in guys that didn't play on the weekend in the A-League, but were able to come in and do a role. And but they the victory haven't with, got experience. Yeah, with those players, though, they almost just brought them in. They weren't yep. part of the squad. No, they weren't. They just, I mean, Daniel Mullen was one. Yeah, and correct. Was a few just guys they picked up. Golic was another one. Victory's these, model is different, isn't these it? These boys yep. have actually grown up in the culture. Mm. And uh, this is where the likes of, you know, when you see the hunger that uh, Barisha has and Ben Kalfalar and Barbarousas, when these guys who are, who are great players and have had great careers are running around absolutely with the appetite to score goals and get involved and be competitive, and these kids are coming through watching this. I mean, and they do it, it's not just on game day. Every day at training they see this too. And throw in Carl Valeri mm. with his experience – and, and Danny Vukovic behind them. I mean, it just really multiplies tenfold their development. And uh, that's what I love about what uh, Victory's done. And that's why they're, 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 they're going to get on, ongoing sustained success over time because of this uh, generational oh, type depth, transition they're their doing. Their depth is brilliant. Yeah. Within a salary cap, as they operate, you'd have to say that the squad that they have, and I said that they were the best team in the history of the A-League last season, but... Hey, you, you could be right, actually. I would probably, right now, you could be I right. would probably say that no team <laughs> is better placed in terms of depth in a, in a salary cap structure to think that... The, the thing is, the secret, 
has been maintaining the signing of these young players on limited opportunity based on their best team. They've stuck with victory when a lot of these, Geria, Deng, you talk about Connor Payne yep. as another one. Yep. Those are guys Galloway. that would, um, Scotty Galloway, those are guys that would be constantly being asked about moving to other clubs for greater opportunity and the victory have kept them. Maybe the lure of the Asian Champions League has been the thing that's really kept those guys, but they've got a tremendous amount of depth. And if we want to talk about one reason between one side of town being better than the other, it's probably the fact that the depth is there and they're able to play and they just fulfil a role. Oh, look, Melbourne City can't measure their depth until they have all their list available. Well, their depth's being tested right Absolutely, now. Absolutely, yeah. So, so yeah, absolutely. They're, they're being tested. And you've got to remember, um, Kevin Muscat, you know, Jesse Macaroonis, for example, who doesn't get very much game time in the A-League, is almost a, a first-up starter in the Asian Champions League all through last season. Mm. So these guys, when he talks about it being a squad game and that everyone's really, really important... Well, it's rare that if you're in the Kevin Musket squad and you're getting a look in, uh, that you're not going to be playing in one of the competitions and actually not just being thrown in there as a gesture, but thrown in there because you're valued as a player. I will say one thing, and I don't know whether we can ever expect managers to manage in the style in which they played. And Kevin Musket was a, a highly disciplined, you know, he played within a structure and he and he kept you know, to team lines. The way that victory play, and you talked about styles, Carlos, the instinctiveness of their width, they will they will get a pass through the middle of the of the of the park and instinctively give first time balls not to a man mm. but to, to space yeah. where they're expecting the likes of Ben Kalfala, Georgievsky, you know, just to run the instinctiveness that they create width well, you know, they which is their strength. I they mean, do. When I go in there as a spy <laughs> yeah. And I just hide, hide behind the, you know, the grassy knoll. Yeah. Uh, they're doing that often at training. They just they're hitting areas all the time. Yeah. And uh, but it's that's something that to coach Ange, that. Ange, Ange, no, Ange Postacoglu did that too. It's very much something that that uh, has been part of uh, the victory setup with yeah. those players for a few years. It is now. a credit to the yeah. way that they go though. Mm. It is. And tonight they defeated uh, Wellington Phoenix three 0 in front of nearly twenty five thousand people at Eddie Head Stadium. Hey, we're going to take your calls right throughout the night on 9429-1116. We'll come back with more of those on the Who Do You Love hotline on the Fort Diego's final whistle, 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. We can't win at home and we can't win on the road. My problem as coach is that I can't think of another place to play. This has been a sad coaching moment by the Four Diego's. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. Yes, we're here on a Monday night tonight, Cup Eve, of course. Melbourne Victory playing Wellington Phoenix. It is the final whistle. Uh, Victory defeated uh, Wellington Phoenix 3-0. Bessart Barisha scored uh, first in the um, 10th minute. Then Durante um, <laughs> had a wicked deflection uh, for off Barbarossa uh, for an own goal in the 55th minute. And then Barisha scored his uh, second in the 61st minute. That was it. Victory defeated Phoenix uh, 3-0 in front of uh, 24,934 at Etihad Stadium. A fantastic crowd for Cup Eve. And uh, everyone now can go off happy if you're a Victory fan. Uh, we're taking your calls tonight, 942. 29 11 16 and also your text messages on 04 
double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Carlos, what is the uh, what's the hotline tonight? The hotline is uh, who do you love hotline? Of course, it's one of those nights where it's mostly champagne football. Wellington Phoenix did have their moments and uh, had their chances. The first twenty minutes or so, I thought they were very very good. But with the likes of Bonavacha in the side and uh, Sarpong's another one, mm-hmm. the Chinese uh, international. No, no, he's he's Dutch. Uh, he did very very well. And uh, Roy Christian of these sort of players and Michael McGlinchey, they're class players and they're always going to trouble you if you give them any room. And uh, at times they they had their moments, but victory really were dominant for the whole time. But I want to, and it's who do you love hotline? Did I say? Yeah, yeah you did. You Absolutely. Did. So give us a ring nine four two nine eleven sixteen. But I. I'd like to talk about the killer bees. Yeah, what do you mean? I know, but so Barisha's got to be one of them. Yeah, Bess. Yeah, oh, Bess. Bess, right. Ben. Yep. Okay. So, Boz. Ben, Boz. Boz, Barb. Yeah. <laughs> Batfink. <laughs> yep. And Broxy. That's more than half the team. Absolutely. There's killer bees in that team. And um, and I couldn't find a bee for Valeri or the other guys, <laughs> Del Del Piero or anything like that. But uh, I just think right through that team at the what moment. What about... Oh, so Del Pierre, you know, you can always get it. P P Pierre. No, no, with a speech impediment, maybe. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. But look, if you go through that side, the spine's fantastic. The young kids on the flanks are pretty good. The one that has won me over and didn't always win me over, but Georgievsky was was one guy when they first recruited him. I thought was always an energetic guy who got up the ground and got back. His recovery runs were really good. He needed good recovery runs because he kept on turning over the ball and had to <laughs> tackle back. And I just thought uh, his, um, his lack of care in possession at times really cost them. Uh, but he did score some go- great goals last he year. Did, when he, Yeah, some chips and some, yep. some really clever goals. But tonight I thought uh, he was fantastic. There was one time when he actually got back and put a great tackle in in his own penalty area, and then joined in the attack and was at the other end crossing the ball in after you know two or three second or third efforts. I mean, it was just it was fantastic the way he went about it, and he's really won me over. Of course, he's a Macedonian international, but he's, he's a Melbourne boy, and uh, or he's, a, he's an Australian guy. Australian, guy. Australian. I don't New, think he was New born South, in no, New, South New South Wales, Wales yet. Yep. And uh, and I just thought he's just got better and better in time too. So they're really growing, and uh, and I just I just think they're so competitive. Um, and no side's going to have an easy time against them. Oh, no, no. I, At look, all. I, I think Georgievsky, you know, last year you could see that he's, he's, he's energetic. You know, yes, he made he made those few errors, but Kevin Musket clearly uh, rates him. Rates him yeah. He wasn't he, automatic, though, last year. He did get dropped a couple of times. Oh, There's but a they, bit of competition no, whenever, for spots. No, when everyone was available, he played. He played. He, yep. Uh, but Scott uh, Galloway, I think he was a guy oh, that, that uh, right? I'd like to see more of Galloway. It seems like he's sort of... Uh, gone down the Take picking order side. at the moment, uh, young Galloway. And uh, but when when Georgeski was available, Warren, I know you're a Melbourne City boy, but when he was available, he always played. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you just he did. didn't notice. No, I didn't notice. I <laughs> wasn't paying much attention actually. <laughs> just thought I'd contribute something to the discussion. Yeah, no, it is the <laughs> even though it was wrong. <laughs> it is the who do you love hotline nine four two nine eleven sixteen and Typical also of you two uh, really and also the uh, hot. Well, the um, SMS on zero. You notice which way you face when you're talking? I just want to make make a note. I'm of just that. about to read some text messages. Oh, okay, today. no worries. <laughs> oh, excuse me for who who used to say that? Excuse me for speaking while you're interrupting. But um, <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, Bessart for PM says Theo in Hampton. Clearly, a lot of love for Bessart Barisha. Uh, please send Musket to Chelsea as coach. My beloved Chelsea are drowning. Help, that's Dean in crib points, and uh, we'll, we'll talk there's about a, There's a question for you, Warren. Mm. Can yeah. Kevin Musket, obviously you want to pl- coach at the highest level, 
Uh, he's done very well. He's, he had a great apprenticeship uh, under Ange Postacoglu and Jim Magilton and Mehmet Durakovic. And I think he uh, and I think he, did he start under Ernie? I think he, he had a bit of time under Ernie. Ah. Uh. Perhaps he probably, maybe a probably year, was maybe. a player coach for a while. He was playing. Um, obviously, he's he's known over in England. Um, I'm not sure whether he, he was chased out of England in the end, but uh, <laughs> but has he got it to be able to coach overseas? Maybe in the, in the championship or or somewhere in the UK. Well, you don't know until he gets the opportunity. Mm. And I suppose the model, Carlos. Really, if you think about it, the model is you know the next job for an Australian, and there's probably. I mean, you can't see Ange Postacoglu not coaching the Socceroos or not, yeah, not being involved in the Socceroos for the foreseeable future. You'd imagine they get to Russia. What happens beyond that? How long does he want to continue? Does he want to continue to defend the Asian Asian Cup the next time around? But you'd say it would be an Australian coach that gets the opportunity next time. And has, has, has he has he gone above Tony Popovich? No, I wouldn't that, have. I wouldn't have thought so. Really? I, well, he. Tony hasn't won. He won his first game in in about a year in the A League. Oh, but he won weekend. an Asian. He won an Asian Champions League. Until Kevin Musket wins something international, you can't say he's ahead of Tony. They're Popovich. a big chance. They got the double last season, right? They're going to win the FFA Cup on the weekend. Yeah, and they could very well win the double again this year. It's yeah. five trophies. Yeah, in what that we do a calendar year. It'd be outstanding. But he still hasn't won. If he gets. First thing Victory got to do is get to the knockout phases of the Asian Champions League, and that's it's not an easy competition to win. You draw a couple of Chinese teams or a South Korean, team, it's not easy. But I would say that for me, that uh, Tony Popovich is still ahead of him in terms of what he's achieved. I think uh, Tony Popovich has been looked after at the moment. I mean, he, he's been he's been um, very much protected from real. Uh, being really critiqued. Who by? Who by, Carlos? Oh, by the media. I think. Right. Uh, I think uh, the the media is less scathing of this generation of former Socceroos, the golden generation of Socceroos, and what they were prior. And I, and I refer to the way Ange was treated as a as a uh, as <laughs> I don't a coach. Think anyone will ever be treated like. Well, like well, that. that's what I'm saying. I, I think that uh, this generation of Socceroos, I'm talking about the, the Vidmars who are coaching representative teams for Australia, uh, I'm talking about Kevin Muscat himself, Tony Popovich, uh, Paul Ocon who's uh, coaching uh, underage uh, Australian teams, I, I, I really believe that, John Aloisi is another one, uh, I don't think the media went to town on him uh, when he had such a bad run with Melbourne City, I think this generation, and rightly so rightly by the way, so, Carlos. Yeah, I'm not saying that they're, they're wrong, but you know, Ange... You know, he's having a great time of it now, but he was his career was nearly ended by the way he was treated by the media and, you know, uh, by SBS in particular. Friends of yours, Carlos? No, no, not really. I mean, I just thought that was very poor form all those years ago. But uh, what they're, I think they're a little less impatient with the, with the group that's coming and that's, through now. And I think just for, rightfully so, because really what the A-League's done, it's meant that the pathway that they can actually participate in is based here in Australia. Now, if you lose those guys, you know, through being chased out by the media or through bad performances, you're losing a whole generation of, of prospective coaches. You've actually, I know it's a performance-based game, but you do have to nurture them. If we're ever going to have, I personally don't think that you should ever say never on an, in, on a nas on an overseas coach for the Socceroos again, but we should always be in a position to have an Australian guy who's qualified, ready to go, and able to take that team forever into the future. And 
that is Aloisi Popovich. Even Graham Arnold's not going to be too old to take over the Socceroos if Ange Postacoglu decides to give it away after the next World Cup. And, you know, you, you talk about all the guys in terms of where they should sit. Probably Graham Arnold should sit almost at the top, really. Off the text message here, Pete in Lang Warren, uh, tell us when Ange won an ACL before he took the national job. I think there might be a few, Warren. Or no, he actually did very poorly in the ACL, uh, Ange, uh, with Brisbane Raw. So um, I'm not yeah. saying I'm not saying and look, and you can't say I'm that saying it's a prerequisite. No. no. Look, and by the way, you play enough games and you win enough games, you win a trophy. It's no, there's no, there's no luck in that. But if you talk about a degree of luck, and especially the final, if you remember, with the referee oh. decisions, I mean, some of the some of the some of the luck that West Sydney Wanderers had. And you couldn't say that their football was dominant football. It was pure guts and determination in the end. But so uh, far, Victory have not been able to play the same way in Asian competitions as what they've been able to play when they've played in Australia. Which, which Australian team has been able to play the, the way in, None. in Asia? None of them. None. So it's not, it's not, that's not the case. It's not. It's, it, that doesn't come into it, really. Uh, but if you're talking about an Australian team playing their style, imposing their style, whatever that may be, on the opposition in Asia, I think Melbourne Victory is probably the closest you can come with, with the likes of Barisha, Ben Kalfala, uh, Barbarousas, Del Pierre, and Valeri. These guys are They're the best place yes, of any absolutely. team ever. Yeah, so really how many of those could play in the Asian Champions League? Three of those. Three, three so plus one. Is this four? No, no, no yeah. four. We don't, four, we four don't have any... So, Four, Four visa, visa players, players, but one has right. to be from an Asian confederation, so, you said, so, Carlos. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so three of those guys you mentioned yep. could so, play. So Barbarousas is an international. Yes, he not is. Not from an Asian confederation. Del Pierre. So, you'd yep. think Del Pierre would be a shoe-in. Yep. You know, he has Barbarous, to play. Well, Finkler, Finkler missed out last year, didn't yep. he? Yeah, he so did. got Finkler as well. Yep. Gee. So we it's, to, it's a big decision yep. by Muskie, but mm. it, I think it depends on uh, the availability of Archie. If, if Archie's available, I think, you know, the like of... Someone... I think he's training tomorrow for the yeah. first time. Uh, look, I don't like saying it, but it might be Ben Kalfala, for example. Mm. He might be one player that might miss out on this. And look, if you're, he's on the older side, so he probably doesn't need to have A-League yeah. commitments and also Asian Champions League commitments. And he got a little bit of a pay rise too this year. Absolutely. Carl, so Looked after. With. All right, the Who Do You Love hotline after to Melbourne victory defeated Wellington Phoenix 3-0-9-4-2-9-11-16. Matt in Craigieburn. Wants to tell us who he loves. G'day, Matt. Welcome to the show. How you going, Josh? Yeah, good, thank you. Um, and I think following on from what you were just talking about, I, I love Oli Bazanek, mate. I think he's mm. brought a lot of class, a lot of uh, a lot of shape to the victory. And him and Carl Valeri are, are pretty much just running games. Um, Bazanek always looks like he's got time on the ball. No one, no one's getting near him and touching him. And I think going into the Asian um, Champions League, I think between him and Carl Valeri, they can really control the midfield. Yeah, Matt, it's an interesting one. You know, Carl Valeri, I reckon he's a player that's played overseas for a long period of time without us knowing much about him. We only really saw him play for the Socceroos because we never got to watch vision of him playing in the lower leagues in, in Italy. And he always played well for the Socceroos. But again, if everyone was picked, he was probably in the squad, but on the fringes. He's come back to Australia. And I think it's great because we got to see, you know, him as a player and that and that little intercept off, I think, Roy Krishna that in the penalty box where another player mightn't have got there. And he's always that guy who just gets a leg in at the right time. I think it's been great for him to come back. And, you know, he's captain. He plays every week. He plays with a really good spirit. And I wouldn't be surprised that behind the scenes, he's a really galvanising, you know, 
force within that team, the way he just demands, you know, effort. And if you look at, Matt, you talked about Oli Bozanich. If you look at the likes of Luke Bratton, um, likes of Aaron Moy, um, those sort of midfielders that we're producing, uh, who aren't world beaters yet, but suddenly Luke Bratton's been identified by Manchester City. Aaron Moy is destined, from all the talk I'm hearing from, you know, through Melbourne City, from Manchester City, that Aaron Moy will be another guy that will be playing in Europe at some stage. It might not be with Man City, but it'll be somewhere in Europe. Uh, I don't think Oli Bozanic is too far away from that. We were in the stadium when they played Holland. When he he came on, he changed the game against Holland. And he played in the middle middle of the park against those great uh, Dutch midfielders too. So... Uh, obviously, and he went to the Switzerland, and if you remember, early on, he was on fire, scoring every week for him, and he just went through an injury problem and then couldn't get back in the side. So this guy is a class player, and people are actually saying that he's not like for like with Mark Milligan, but I think there's a lot of similarities between the games. Uh, Oli Bazanis just needs to get that match fitness and needs to be able to feeling, feel right at home, but already you can tell his own teammates, whenever they talk about uh, you know who's who's uh, really impressing at training, or who's someone they're really excited about. All the teammates are saying Oli Bazanic is someone that they're really excited about because they're seeing him every day. Absolutely, and uh, thanks for that call, Matt. You love Oli Bazanic, and I think a few people do as well. Hey, um, as we go to the break, uh, the man tonight was uh, Bessart Barisha, and uh, obviously he scored twice and could have scored two more. Uh, he was speaking with Michael Zapponi and Archie Thompson uh, with thanks to Fox Sports. Let's have a listen to that right now. <laughs> Best congratulations on a great performance tonight. Thank you, thank you very much. Now uh, we know you could have had a hat trick tonight. Uh, did you have a little word to Costa as you're coming off? No, no, not at all. He didn't see it, and uh, he he already made the system. He uh, he played today fantastic, and uh, you know, it's not all about you know uh, you know to 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 play the ball and to. Sometimes you have to understand this is football. You don't see every time the the man. What about uh, coming into this game? There was talk that Melbourne Victory were dominating teams, but not quite putting them away. You did that tonight emphatically, I thought. Yeah, I thought so too. We've been to the ruthless, and uh, you know, we, we, it was really tough week for us uh, in Newcastle, and uh, we did a great job in FFA Cup. And uh, coming to this game, you know, we show, we show really hard, and we play a fantastic game. Now, Archie, uh, feel free to chime in for a question uh, for your teammates. He's going well, isn't he? Oh, no, I, th- I think he was amazing tonight. I thought the, the front three were great. We uh, created enough chances. And um, I said it was a matter of time before Best put uh, those chances away, and he did tonight emphatically. And, uh, you know, he was my man of the match. Now, uh, Best, we saw uh, Kevin take you off uh, with about 20 minutes to go. Was that with an eye to, to Saturday night? Yeah, I, I think so. You know, I, I, uh, during the week, they had to take up, and uh, it was a little bit tough and uh, today. So, so I thought it was uh, perfect timing, you know, to come off and... Uh, Make sure I'm uh, ready for Saturday. A uh, very special game, important game for, for the club, for the players. Could be three trophies uh, in the space of the year. What would that uh, mean to, the, to you and to the club? Uh, it will mean uh, a lot, but, you know, we really, we really we want this, uh, this tournament, we want this, uh, this game to win, and uh, we will do everything, you know. And I said before, 99% is not enough uh, special games like this. You have to be more than 100%. And uh, we will prepare good. We will be ready. What about your uh, your form here at Etihad Stadium? Nine goals in eight matches at Etihad. Uh, something about a big occasion and a big stage that uh, that you like. Do you find something extra on nights like tonight? 
Oh, look, uh, if you see how many supporters victory always get, you need to be 100% here in, uh, in every game. You know, look at this, and uh, this is a special feeling, and I, I feel this, and I always try my best every game, not just in Etihad, uh, also in Amy Park in every game, because, uh, you know, you want to make sure they go home with a smile. Well, they will tonight. You've assured them of that. Uh, best. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll let you uh, go and thank the fans. Thank you. Thank you, Archie. Uh -huh. Hope you are soon back. Uh, uh, we thanks, need bro. you. Right on, brother. <laughs> the FA gave me a pat on the back. I've taken violence off the terracing and onto the pitch. This has been a profound Vinnie Jones moment by the four Diego's. Yes, it is Melbourne Cup Eve on the Four Diego's final whistle on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. And Melbourne Cup Eve for us means a, uh, an A-League fixture where Melbourne victory take on Wellington Phoenix and tonight they thumped them. 3-0, Bessart Barisha scored twice uh, and an own goal by Durante, which was a wicked deflection. Uh, it was a lovely goal in the end, um, but uh, it, was a, it was a sad, sad goal. I think the dubious Durant. goal panel is going to have a look at that. Right. Have they, have they awarded a known goal? Or yeah, a, no, my understanding is they, they have. I want to meet... Barbarousas should actually complain to the dubious goal panel. I want to meet the people on the this dubious, panel. Yeah, apparently the very dubious people. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, fair dinkum, why you, do you they actually, have... You actually would make that panel. If the, if, the game, <laughs> if the game of soccer was baseball and they're worried about statistics and errors and earned run rates and all that sort of... Earned whatever. Yeah. Um, but why? Who cares who it gets... If the the guy who kicks it, it's a goal. And listen, this guy could be on a contract. Babarusas could be on a contract, and with one goal or one goal more or one goal less, could get an upgrade and of I'm his contract. I'm saying to you, he kicks it, it goes in the goal, it's his goal. No. Nah. There's a man on the line that's not dubious at all. He's and, on the uh, panel. He would never be on that panel, uh, <laughs> uh, Warren Diego. He's Michael on the, with me. Zapponi Zappers, welcome to the show again. Good to have you. Yeah, good to be here with you, gentlemen, and. Uh, I thought the, the ruling was if, if the ball was on target uh, when it was struck and then was deflected in, then uh, it's normally awarded to the player who strikes the ball, but uh, it must have been a judge that Costa's shot was not going to be on target until it took the deflection. But interestingly, the fourth official, when I asked him at halftime, said it was going to be Costa's goal. So it must have changed it at halftime after reviewing the footage. Well, they've got to get someone to review that footage again, twice and three times, because for me, actually, I'm with Warren on this one. I think that should have been a goal to Barbarossa. Yes. It was on target. Uh, the pace of it, the pace of it off the shin of the uh, of Durante, by the way, who always seems to get the <laughs> deflection. I'd love to see his stats on the own goal deflections. But uh, but Zap is a uh, you know, great uh, hosting today with uh, Fox Sports. Uh, obviously, uh, victory, uh, uh, a pretty comprehensive win in the end. I know Wellington had their moments and stuff, but really it was victory in fine form, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Carlos. It was, it was uh, victory at their best, and we haven't seen it yet this year. I think this is the first time we've seen it this season. Uh, they, they've played... Um, like we became accustomed to them playing last season, it's a, it's a form that took them to the Premiership and the Championship, and uh, it was the victory that we uh, were used to from last season. They were brilliant, and uh, they were aided, I think, a little bit by Ernie Merrick's tactics. Uh, you know, we spoke about the fact that uh, they wanted to play attacking football both sides, and played a really high line tonight, Ernie Merrick's team, and. That, for me, is uh, the most dangerous way to approach Melbourne victory because they are deadly when they've got that space to work in. And you saw the third goal when Costa Barbarossa uh, passed the ball forward. Um, Bessar Barisha, who was making the run, was still inside victory's half. That's how high a line 
Wellington Phoenix were playing in. And that's a dangerous ploy to tackle against Melbourne Victory. Now, Zappa's slightly off the topic, but still related to the game tonight. You talk to players on and off the record, in front of and behind the camera. The Wellington Phoenix and what they've gone through this week in terms of, you know, their future and and the and what their players sense about the future. Do you get a do you get a, a sense of unease? Or, I mean, I know Ernie Merrick said we'd been dealing with this for nine months or that sort of stuff, but. What's your sense of that situation in terms of the way that it might impact on the Phoenix players? Not just tonight, because they were probably outplayed, but throughout the season as it probably bubbles along as to whether they're going to accept the four years and stuff like that. Yeah, look, and you, 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 you can't ignore it. And we spoke to, we spoke to a few players, and Michael McGlinchey uh, spoke to us uh, pre-game, and he said you know, it did impact us, uh, it does impact us, you know. But we, we try and put it behind us on a night like tonight and focus on the football. So I think once the whistle goes, and, and they're focused completely on the game and, and not worrying about anything else. But it is a distraction leading uh, into a game, and uh, there's a lot of talk, and it's unavoidable. So uh, I think it's it's so, sort of gained a lot more traction than I thought it would. Um, I don't believe the Wellington Phoenix is in any danger of not playing in the A League next season. I think what the FFA is saying: you've given, we're giving you four years, not ten. Uh, accept it, work hard for the next four years, prove that you want to be part and add value to this competition, and then we'll give you another six years and give you that 10 years you're after. So I think it's actually been blown a bit out of proportion, to be honest, is my opinion. I think I think it's reasonable that the FFA says, you've got another four years, show us what you can bring to the table. Because at the moment, your crowds aren't going up, they're going down. Your membership's not going up, it's going down. The television audiences are going down watching your games. So what else can you do to prove you're going to be part of this competition for the long term? And I think it's a a fair question to ask. Zappers, I find it really interesting because obviously yeah, there's big campaigns, save the Knicks, hashtag save the Knicks campaigns and, and all the clubs, are, you know, you've got CEOs coming out publicly and saying it's ridiculous by the FA, let's save the Knicks. Let's, but I know quietly behind the scenes, a lot of them are, are eyeing off the Bonavaches of this world and the Roy Krishnas of this world and, the, you know, even Sarpong, who's, uh, who's really impressive at the moment and uh, McGlinchey, these guys here are, would be in great demand and uh, I don't know if you've been hearing a lot of stuff behind the scenes uh, that uh, people are saying one thing pub- publicly but wanting another thing uh, you know uh, privately uh, but well, uh, but obviously these guys are very very good players and uh, there's probably a couple of other young ones Lou Fenton and a, and a couple of the other uh, Rodriguez uh, the boy Rodriguez when he came on he's, he's showing something too and I just honestly believe that uh, that uh, you know maybe there'd be some A-league clubs that might go after those guys if uh, Wellington did fall over. Well, you could just put them all in the Southern Sydney team. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> They're a good swap. side. And you have to think about the uh, what, what, what are the objectives of the other teams that are coming out and speaking out against this new team coming into the competition. Sydney FC, not surprisingly, have been the loudest in the criticism of this uh, move by the FFA because they feel threatened about the prospect of having another team in Sydney. And... Uh, it's quite transparent, in my opinion. So I think the next four years, I think it's a valid question. I think the the, the, the Knicks board and, and chairman will come out this week and, and, and give their response to the FFA. And I think what we will see is that they will be committed to, to the next four years and they'll work hard to, to prove that they're a long-term uh, viable club for the A-League. Hey, Michael, uh, as always, we really appreciate you taking some time tonight to talk to the Diegos, and uh, well done tonight again on air, and uh, we'll catch up with you again at some other time.
Love it, gentlemen. And I know you've got the news coming out, but at what point can we talk, call this a traditional fixture? We're four years in. Can we say traditional yep. fixture now? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. we traditionally have you on after the traditional <laughs> fixture. <laughs> the tradition continues with Michael Zapponi from Fox Sports. Let's take a break now and come back with more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sports. Awesome. 20 yards On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. Yes, it is the Four Diego's final whistle here in 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sports. Uh, in for our second hour tonight. Thanks for your company and also thanks for your calls and your text messages in the first hour. Let's really ramp it up now because uh, Melbourne Victory defeated Wellington Phoenix 3 0. Bessart Barisha scored in the 10th minute. Then an own goal, a dubious own goal there by uh, Durante in the 55th minute. No, it was an own goal, but the no, dubious no, penal called yeah, it an own no, goal. No, no, let's call it a dubious own goal because I actually just saw it on uh, the highlights. And, and, you, uh, and you thought it was off target? Uh, yeah, it wasn't on target. Okay. So uh, Barisha scored in the 61st minute. Uh, Wellington Phoenix didn't score at all. So um, at Eddie Had Stadium, 24,934 people. What looked like a fantastic atmosphere. Mm. The seats brought in a bit. Uh, it looked like a, a a soccer, it looks like a football stadium. stadium. Yeah, it looked great. So really enjoyed that on the TV. If you went to the game, give us a call tonight, 9429-1116, or send us a text message on 04-3398-1116. Who do you love uh, hotline? Yeah, it is the Who Do You Love hotline. We've been going with that and getting Oliver Bassanich has, uh, has come up. Um, obviously, uh, Bessart Barish oh, is the man. He's most loved. Yeah, he's the most loved, definitely. You know, people are calling for him to be the Prime Minister. So <laughs> uh, Bessart Barisha, you are the man, and... Uh, Enjoying the show. So we'll catch up with Mike McGrath a little bit later on. Our man uh, in England uh, works for The Sun, of course. Always uh, good to get his take on the English Premier League. And uh, we'll also, um, at some stage, talk about the uh, English Premier League rights uh, going to Optus uh, from Fox Sports. We're getting a few text messages wanting us to have a, a quick chat about that. I'd like to throw a bit of a hot topic before we get on to that. Yep, yep. Uh, just a hot topic to warm things up. Uh, of course, the hotline is who do you love hotline, From, but yep. the hot topic, and Warren, if you agree, uh, yep. would you get rid of Foxtel subscription if the EPL was not it? Mm. Not me, Carlos, because I'll watch that, two ants crawling up a wall if it's yep. on Foxtel, but yep. I think it is, it is a significant incentive for a lot of sports people, fans, to have Foxtel is the Premier League, particularly... If you're not an AFL fan or if you're a casual AFL watcher, it's, for me, a big thing. And I, I can't believe that Foxtel didn't realise that. that. that I, well, I think they realised it, but why wouldn't they break the bank? Surely, okay, they talk about... The, I don't watch any other sport on Foxtel, except for the Aussie rules on the football channel. Uh, so I'd probably keep it because of that. And also my wife loves to watch What Not to Wear. And uh, what's the what's the wedding one? The... Uh, um, Bridezilla's yeah, No it's The wedding one Where uh, uh, Say yes to the dress She oh, loves right. that one mm -hmm. And we don't mind The old wife swap Project uh, Runway Oh yeah, no we, The old wife swap right, show Right Fox yeah. Sports yeah, 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 Foxtel, yeah, yeah, Foxtel. Yeah. But uh, anyway So there's other reasons Why we'll keep it But uh, but really You'd think that at This time of the year The EPL Is what drives it I mean 
it's a fantastic night having the A-League lead up to the EPL. especially if And the, they do a great coverage. And do. their coverage is excellent. I think they've got the right guys doing it with uh, Adam Peacock, Bozer and uh, Robbie Slater, whoever's doing it on the night. They do a really great job. And um, and it's not that slapstick they used to do. Maybe it was like a hey, hey, it's Saturday when they first did it. <laughs> And uh, But now it's a bit more serious, but they still have their fun. But it's good football talk, and they go deep into the night, which is great. If they don't have the EPL and just have the A-League, how will that affect the A-League, by the way? Will they just, just dispense with the A-League too, or do you think they'll invest more money in the A-League? I mean, what will they do? Well, they, they could do a number of things. Optus have got a cunning plan, Carlos, I'm sure. Mm. They spent uh, yeah. 50 <laughs> mil. I'm sounding a bit like Baldrick yeah, right. uh, from Blackadder. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they spent 50 million, uh, so... They've got to have a cunning plan. They're and they've got to show it on a platform, haven't they, Rodrigo? Because right. they haven't That's got a platform at the moment. Mm. No, yeah, no, I'm sure they do. And they might on-sell it, Rodrigo. Haven't, you haven't never know. Got, don't they have an association with Sky Sports? I thought they might have, but anyway, I'll have to check that. They could on-sell hmm. it. You're, you're, you've got expertise no, in well, that, that sort that, of concept of on-selling well, stuff. I'm, I'm sure that's part of the cunning plan. Mm, yeah, but would they on-sell it to Fox who missed out on the rights? Surely if Fox didn't pay the required amount... Uh, why would they pay a bigger amount so Optus could make the margin? Or would Optus, Optus, or would a Channel Ten, Channel Nine, Channel Seven entertain having the EPL? Mm. There's no. It's all about owning the asset uh, or the rights to the asset, Carlos. And I would say that they that that Foxtel, if they were interested in broadcasting in this Premier League, they'd be having have have to have a serious conversation about. Um, what fits our commitment to football? Are we committed to football? If we are, is English Premier League, you know, the right vehicle? You know, because as you said, it, the A League into the EPL is fantastic for if you're a football lover. Mm. Um, and a lot of fo- a lot of people who don't follow the A League actually follow the English Premier League. So um, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. But were those people just say Optus decide to have it on the mobile phones and what uh, on on the iPads, tablets? Well, that's tablets, what, that's okay. one of their platforms, okay. obviously. Okay, but they don't have a TV platform. They don't no. have on sell it to a TV. But what if they decided just to keep it on those two mobile devices? Yeah, but they could do a deal with, um, you know, someone like Netflix or one of those, okay. one yeah. of those new media. You know, the, mm. the, there's there's a whole raft of opportunities. The internet is all pervading now, mm. um, and and I would have thought that you know that's definitely part of of their their play. But the big question is, why wouldn't Fox Sport have paid? I think the going price was 50 mil over yes, three years. Yes, correct. I mean, really? Look, it's not like I was buying it. 50 mil for no, me is a lot of money. For, it's not that easy for you to say even, Carlos. I just noticed you're sweating. Yeah, that's that right. It's not that I was buying it. Yeah. So for me, 50 mil is a lot of money. But for Fox Sports, and I mean, they've built it into a fairly good asset, a fairly good product right now that people watch. You'd think that they would pay 50 mil over three years. I don't know. It just seems weird that they didn't... Yeah, go a little bit higher. It's funny because uh, Arsenal fans, uh, J.R. and Ashwood, thinks it's a bit of a conspiracy. As soon as Arsenal start doing well, this happens to Foxtel. <laughs> and now B.N. Sports hijack games. That's business, I guess. Yeah, that's very funny uh, there. Thanks yeah, for that, Yeah, B.N. Sports missed out too. That's right. The so, Qatari-based. Hey, let's go to Joel in Mooney Ponds. Wants to talk about this very subject. Wants to talk about the victory as well. But, hey, Joel, let's start with um, Optus winning the rights first, and then we'll get into what you think about Melbourne victory. G'day, Joel. Yeah, hi, how are you? Yeah, very well. Yeah, John from John from Mooney Ponds. I think the owner of um, Fox, instead of uh, concentrating on um, signing up contracts, is chasing Jerry Hall. <laughs> is he? <laughs> <laughs> well, we we think he is because he's been photographed with... Uh, yeah, yeah. Murdoch. 
Yeah, no, they, he, yeah, he, Rugby he, World Cup was the coming out of him and Jerry Hall. I'm just wondering whether Rupert's still meeting his performance targets with regards to uh, his relationship with Jerry Hall. Now, she, is she had a book come out. That's a book, isn't it? Her life. I'm sure In terms of her partners. Now, if she gets pregnant, <laughs> I, I'm going to fanic him. Yeah, really? What's going on? How old's Murdoch? Not 80. He's between... No, he's older than 80. He's an octogenarian. He's into mm. the 80s. So mm. Jerry Hall's upgraded from she's Mick Jagger. She's 20 years younger than him. Actually, it's been a while since you've been with Mick Jagger. She's in her late 60s. Okay. Or oh, oh, no, 60s. Carlos, they, they just talk and... Um, <laughs> You know, about knitting and, yeah. you know. No, look, they're a vi- vital couple. So Murdoch is 84. Thanks very much there. But um, so, Joel, uh, <laughs> so do you think he's just taken his eye off the ball, so to speak? Uh, that's what we that, – yeah, that, that's the, uh, that was the discussion at Eddie Hurt Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> was it? <laughs> that was pre-game, was it, uh, Joel? Because, of course, the football was too good on the pitch to have it during yeah, the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that was um, – yeah, we're all um, – <laughs> quite disappointed. We're not sure what we're going to do. I'm not sure whether, <laughs> that, uh, that, what do we do. Do we keep Fox for A-League? And, and, well, that's and, what I'm going to ask you, Joel. If you've got the, the Fox Sports uh, subscription, is losing the EPL enough for you to dump the subscription and, uh, and maybe get a better phone to watch it on there? Mm. Well, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Hey, you don't need to worry about that right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless you see a bit of Jerry Hall, maybe. <laughs> You, you can't to... always get what you want, Joel, just very quietly. Oh, hey, very good. Yeah, yep, thought that was pretty good. <laughs> you don't have to worry about it because it's not happening this year, right? So yeah. just just keep watching. Now, Joel, did you watch any of the game tonight? Yeah. No, he was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who do you love? Who do you love from victory? Uh, well, obviously, uh, Vesa Berisha, but I thought um, Zani had a decent game and Valeri was on the upper as well. So that was quite... Um, yeah, that's but yeah, Bessa Barisha and um, I think Bozanich and Valeri had a much better game than what they had. Uh, I guess second half against City and um, they Newcastle were to me against Newcastle as well. Yeah, but they're, they're actually it's interesting. It's, like, it's well known. I don't look at the ladder before Christmas, right? So when the commentators were talking about victory only winning one game in the first three this season, I just, I just sort of shake my head and said, they only won one game. And they actually have, up until tonight, they only won one game. But at no point did I think that they were any lesser team than last year. Joel, I mean, have you been worried at all this season that they weren't going to get it right? Yes. No, no. Yeah, I, I just think it's, um, yeah, I think, you know, Adam Peacock and Bozza, uh, just trying to you know, start a conversation, but I just want to ask you another <laughs> serious question: What's Bozza going to do now? What's what? Oh no, Boz will be picked up. He'll be yeah, picked he'll up. Be yeah, picked up. Yeah, he'll be picked up. And uh, I mean, look, they've got a couple. Of, there's some good talent there. I think Boz is oh, really growing. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm absolutely sure that it's going to end up on pay television somehow. Oh, look, we're not. We're not saying Fo- Foxtel didn't win the rights, yeah. or you know, um, but you know, they they may actually. End up with it. Buy the rights off Optus. I think that's how it works. So, so you know, which is stupid because they would have no, worked. Sort if they, no. if they, when you go into a competitive bidding thing like this, there's a chance that the the opposition is going to outbid you or go close to it. But you'd think the resources of Fox Sports and the experience in, that they have had in this area that they would know what the going price was. They haven't paid the price for some reason. But haven't Optus paid for the multi-platform like? They're talking about not only 
television, but they're talking about... But they don't have television. No, no, but they've paid it for the other options. Maybe maybe Foxtel then give them $35 million for the television component of it and Optus keep the rest of it, you know, yep. because they want to do it to their platforms, that type of thing. They, yep. they are associated, I'm just getting off the SMS here and just checking it on the internet, they are associated with Fetch TV. They're an IP, internet IP yep. uh, TV network, so... Um, yeah, they're operated. Can you get a television with that on it? <laughs> well, if you with a new smart TV, I'm sure you can get it, Warren. You can get anything over the internet uh, on your yeah. smart TV. But you know, it's a way. Is the there somebody guys. that can come yeah, in you know, and show you how to do that? Yeah. Thanks to Joel yeah, for sorry, the Jerry God. Hall news. I didn't know about that, and it's good to see. I'll keep an eye on that one, Murdoch. It's almost like uh, was it uh, Packer? Packer with uh, Mariah Carey. That's yeah, another well, weird well, one. But yeah, but the he's same not. Age. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, similar. James is an eighty-four. Yeah, you can't say that. You can't say that she's married him for the money anyway. Well, I thought there was a stage of life where that component of your life just officially went into retirement. I really not, did. Not if you've got the same, not, not if you've got the right medication. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. I just thought that you just accept that that's, it's over. Uh, well, we're not over because we've still got a show to do. So nine four two nine eleven sixteen. It is the Who Do You Love hotline after Melbourne victory defeated Wellington Phoenix. Let's let's talk about Wellington Phoenix. We talked about uh, about this with Michael Zapponi just uh, just briefly before the news. But um, did you did you think tonight that they were affected by all this talk, or or was just just an emphatic loss by them? No, they weren't. They weren't affected by the talk. Just at all. outplayed. Yeah, and look, I think in at the bottom of their hearts, in their heart of hearts. They know they haven't done enough. They know that the hashtag save the Knicks campaign is not going to save them. Um, and really, um, they haven't done enough to really uh, win, win my confidence as they should be in the competition. So I automatically, when I watch them play now, I'm thinking, okay, which players <laughs> would I want in who, my who team? Who can you poach? Absolutely. So <laughs> let, let's go through some of these guys. Glenn Moss. Yes. You, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'll uh, tell you what, if Andrew Redmay can get the number no, one goalkeeping yeah, spot at... No, no, you're right there. Uh, <laughs> Just very quietly. You really don't. No, <laughs> I'm not. not in no, I've got nothing against yeah. Andrew as a principal, but fair income. Yes, you do, because you called for his sacking I did, I did. Manny Musket. No. no Maltese International. No, he's over the hill. No, he's not over the hill. He he's, is. He's a, he's a Victorian boy, but I don't know if there's enough no. room for him in any Victorian no. sides. Maybe a Central Coast Mariners. No, not the way they're playing at the moment. Okay. They're playing with the Civ defence. Yep. Uh, Justin Gulley, I don't know anything don't about know Justin, him. so it looks like his career's over. Uh, Rolly Bonavaccia. Yes. yes. He is Definite. a gun, and I'll tell you what, he could play in every, every one yep. of the A-League sides. Could for sure. Uh, Jeffrey Sarpong. Now, this guy here has got some pedigree. He'd have, he, to, he'd have to have a good whole season for somebody to pick him up, because I'm not saying... There are a dime a dozen those type of internationals, but there are a lot out there, and you maybe go with somebody new. But if he had a good season like Roly Bonavazzi did last season, yep. absolutely. Apparently, he's a bit of a goal scorer. He doesn't score many goals. Nice hair, though. Yeah. Very good hair. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, Alex Rodriguez, I like the kid. Yes. Yep. Uh, yep. But I'm not sure whether he'd get a regular game. Highly with, re- with, he's with got it. upside. Yeah, he's got upside, though. Highly regarded um, in my family. Michael, Michael McGlinchey's always yes, he's a professional to be picked up by a number of players. Blake Powell was a Sydney FC player. He went back to the MPL. No. He's a sort of guy off the bench. Albert Riera, the backpacker. He's a backpacker. Yeah, that he played for Zealand. Auckland City, didn't yeah. 
uh, yeah, he did, and, uh, and he's been picked up. He's been decent. I don't know if he's good enough to no. play with any no. uh, other A-League clients. Louis Fenton, the young boy. Yes, got uh, upside. I'd pick him. Absolutely. Uh, ben Sigmund. Now, he's a war horse, no. this guy here. <laughs> he's probably just a little bit too old. Too old, but I reckon he'll still be playing for 15 more years in the for in Auckland the, City in the or, O-League. In the yeah, O-League. Yep. Uh, Tom Dahl's a young kid. Yeah, no, he's, he's done all right. Upside. Uh, Louis Italiano is a guy.